So what do we mean by spirit world? Man's spirit is the free moral agent. What do we mean by that? Ask yourself, do you know that you yourself are a mystery? See, the question is, who is man? What is the real thing about man from God's point of view? What is the spirit man? What is the natural man? And how they are combined in the body? Heavenly greetings in Christ Jesus. The Lord be with your spirit. Amen. Welcome back to the Foundation Series, Step into the Spiritual, here at the University of God. Why do we need to step into the spiritual? Because that is where God is. Today, we are going to take a deeper look into the spirit world through the Word of God to learn more about ourselves and the God who created us. As you prepare to take this lesson with us, make sure your Bible is ready, your notebook is ready, and most importantly, your heart is ready. Yes, it's time to set aside all distracting thoughts because rebuilding you requires your attention. Yes, Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer, so let us pray. Lord Jesus, draw us into a deeper understanding of you and your ways. Take more of us and give us more of you. More of you in our thinking, in our words, in our understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, what do we mean by spirit world? Hmm. There are three kinds of main spirit. The Spirit of God, God's Spirit, as the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Mm. You can read more in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 and the book of John chapter 14 verse 17. Let's take a pause. Can you help us read that one? John, John 14, 14 verse 17. Yes. The Spirit of Truth Okay, let's go back to verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's the great promise, the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of truth. That's the Spirit of God. And we have man's spirit. Man's spirit is the free moral agent. What do we mean by that? Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Listen. The book of Genesis 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Can you take it again? Slowly. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. Good. From the dust of the ground, that's the human body got formed. Mm -hmm. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's the spirit of man. And the man 
became a living being. That's the soul. So you can see, we see the three nature of man, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Further reading, you can read at home in the book of Job, chapter 32, verse 8, and book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, about man's spirit. Right, and we have Satan's spirit. Satan's spirit or evil spirit are all the same. The Bible describes how Satan's operate through temptation in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Let's see the way he approaches Jesus in temptation in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. You can see how the devil operates. Matthew, chapter 4, verse, verse 1 to 11. Okay. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. That is it. You can see how the devil operates in the spirit. And we have man's spirit. God's spirit, Satan's spirit, mind's spirit. These are the main spirit. Man's spirit is a free moral agent for it has the ability, the freedom, the capacity to yield either to God or to Satan. He can decide to obey God or disobey God, to allow God or disallow God. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 16, whom do you yield yourself to obey, whose slave you are, either sin or righteousness. If we submit to God, that's righteousness. If you submit to the devil, that's unrighteousness. Now, let's talk more about Satan's spirit. Satan's spirit or evil spirit are the same. Satan rules through sin, through unrighteousness. How? His bait is temptation. Mm. We have just seen how we tempted the Lord in the book of Matthew chapter 4. What is temptation? Temptation is a presentation of evil. It is an opportunity to choose temporary gain rather than a permanent one. Mm -hmm. I explain. Satan wants human beings to focus on earthly things, on their flesh to desire, in complete neglect of eternity. Mm -hmm. He wants man to focus in the natural. And when you focus on the natural, you have no strength. Mm -hmm. When you focus on the natural, he dominates you. 
But when you walk in the spirit in Christ Jesus, you defeat him. That's why he always tempts us to look at the natural, alternative in a natural way, rather than focusing on God. So you can see his strategy and tactics is to take you to the field where he's very strong in the natural. And the believer does not have strength as long as he mm. operates in the natural. So the only way to defeat him is to shift ground from the natural to the spirit realm. That's where he's defeated. Mm. So, if one decides to yield himself to sin, sin will become his master. Mm. John chapter 8 verse 34 says it clearly. The man God originally created was not a mere carnal one governed by his senses, mm. but rather the man God created was a spiritual man who was a communicator between visible and invisible worlds. His focus was on the spirit. But when temptation came, the evil one prompted the man to act, to react, to move in the natural. He obeyed and sin came. Mm. And man died spiritually. What does it mean man died spiritually? Man disconnected from God. From there, man lost consciousness of God. Mm, because of disobedience. Absolutely. Thinking the natural, talking the natural, walking the natural. And we saw the consequences of all these. When we talk about God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, I will read the book of John chapter 14, verse 17, she read, we'll read for you. It's called the Spirit of God. He's our guide to lead us to think right, to act right, and to choose what is right in the sight of God. He's our helper. Exactly. So we just saw a brief introduction of the three spirits, man's spirit, Satan's spirit, and God's spirit. You know, we said in the last session that we would break it all down for you. So before talking about God and uh, God's spirit, let us look first at the mystery of man. Ask yourself, do you know that you yourself are a mystery? Hmm. You see, the question is, who is man? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. You see, from eternity's perspective, man is a spirit being. Yes, you have nailed it through. You have hit the nail. Man is a spirit being. So the question is, what is the real thing about man from God's point of view? The natural and the spiritual realms must function together as one. That is why God has designed man to function in both spiritual and natural realms. Mm. For man to function properly in the natural and the spiritual realms, man's threefold nature, spirit, soul, and body must work together as one. As it says in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. So to make uh, this simpler for you to understand, because we really want you to grasp these essential spiritual truths, um, Racine is going to demonstrate uh, with uh, pictures for you to understand what is the spirit man, what is the natural man, and how they are combined in the body. Yes. We try to make these spiritual truths that seem to be complicated in a figurative form so we can understand them easily. Right. So you can see on this picture a man. Man has two natures according to the Bible, the Word of God. Man has a spirit nature and a physical nature as you can see in this picture. Mm. 
This is the outward man and this is the spiritual man. Let me portray it like this. You can see clearly. This one is the outward man. You can see he has a heart that pumps blood. He has the intellect. That's my body you are seeing here right now. But the Bible says inside of me, there is another man, the divine nature created to the likeness of God. The spiritual side of man is this one called the soul. This one. He has a special heart called the spirit. This is where the spirit of God dwells. This is where God speaks to us in our spirit. Whereas man focuses on this one. Whereas God looked at this one. So man is spirit, soul, and body. And they function together as one, as you can see on the picture here. Now the question is, since the Bible says that man has threefold nature, hmm. let us try to figure out how these three natures of man works and operate in both physical and spiritual realms. Okay, just follow me. As the Bible says, you can see on this picture, this is man. This part is the visible part of man, that's the world, and this is the spiritual side of man. We picture like this, in gray, the spiritual side, in light pink, the physical side of man. What is it made of? Let's go. This is the body of man. If I continue, you can see, this is the soul, and this is the spirit. These are the three dimensions of man we've just talked about. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, what is the function of each one of them? We need to understand this that will help us to understand whom we are. That will help us to understand how to communicate mm -hmm. with God and with man. I'm designed, I'm speaking to you, Ruth. She's seeing me, we're talking together. But God is immaterial. I cannot see God. I can't see the heart of Ruth. She cannot see my heart. God only sees our heart. But God makes us one. When we are one, what she thinks, I will know what I think. She will know because we are connected to the spirit. That's what we're trying to explain in this spiritual side of man. So let me come back to this. What is the function of this body? The body is called the outward man. You can see outward man, outward appearance. We say in the world, appearance sells, appearance discourages. discourages. Hmm. The first contact with man, we look at the appearance. And if care is not taken, we use outward qualities to determine our judgment of man. Mm. But God does not work it that way. Let's continue. We have the outward man. If I continue here, you will see we have here the brain. I mean, man is an intellectual being. The ability to reason. What is it made of? You can see man has feelings, this body. We have senses that send signal and receive signal from the world and communicate with our brain. So all what we see, what we hear from the natural world is processed by this brain we talk about, the laboratory of sense knowledge, this one. And second, we can see man has what we call a human heart. We want to explain something about the human heart. Anytime the Bible mentions heart, the Bible is not referring to the physical heart that pumps blood mm. and maintains life, no. The Bible is referring to the heart of man, meaning the spirit of man. Because man, I said, has two parts, natural and spiritual. Mm. The natural heart pumps blood to sustain natural life. If you continue like this, you will see God gave man 
some organs, we said, embedded in the human body, which are connected to our senses. The eyes, the ears, the hands, the nose, and the taste. These are the five senses, right? If I continue, you will see now, let's talk about the soul. The soul is called the inner being, the hidden part of man. This is the invisible part of man, is by side. And the soul, what is the function of the soul? We can see, is self-consciousness. When you're not happy, see, me, it's my own. What have you done to me? I want to eat this, I want to do this. This is the man talking, the soul. It's self-consciousness. Unfortunately, we are too much of ourselves. Mm. God never asks us to lean on ourselves and our own thinking. That's a human being. But God wants us to listen to the guidance of the Spirit. But much of the time when the Bible talks about soul is yourself. The consciousness of yourself, your will, your mind, your feelings, your emotions. Let me continue. You can see your thoughts and your mind. That's connected to the soul. This means whatever we see here can affect our thinking. And this is where we take all decision. My mind, my thoughts, connected to the brain you see here. Let us continue. And you can see now the emotions. The soul, we say, in being, self-consciousness is me, my mind, my thinking, my thought, my decision, my will, and the emotions. So how does it work? There's an interaction between the feelings of the body and your emotions here. The interaction between the senses you see here and your mind. Right, now we're talking about the spirit of man. This part, it's called the innermost being. The innermost being. What is the function of our spirit? Let's look at it clearly. That's the realm of the conscience. As we have natural senses here, as you can see on this drawing, sight, hearing, touch, smell, taste, we have one organ specific to the spirit called the conscious, which I underline here. This conscience helps us to sense, to distinguish, to discern spiritual things in the spirit realm. Mm. Right, we continue. And now this can see, this is where the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the very presence of God in our heart through the Holy Spirit. So when the Bible refers to heart, it's talking about this heart of man. This is the heart of man. And this is the outward heart. But this is the heart the Bible is talking about. This is where we communicate with God. That's the part of man that has sensitivity to the things of the Spirit, that receive inspiration from God and revelation from God. So, let me summarize. This body is the outward man connected to the physical world. And this Spirit is the heart of the soul, the innermost being which is meant to communicate with God Almighty through the Spirit of God. Now, let us look at this clearly. We can see it's like an embryo in his mother's womb. When a child is born, he's born into this world. This is the physical world. I can see. If I press it, you can see. When man is born into the world, this body is the man that is born into this world. You can see immediately connected to the physical world through this body at natural birth. Love, the body begins to function, the faculties begin to develop, and man begins to communicate with things happening in the world through sight, hearing, touch, smell, and taste. 
That's how the baby grows, how they grow in knowledge of the environment. And our brain helps us to process all the information communication part from the environment, develop the, the memory, the thinking, the intellectual side. So the mind is a physical entity and has a moral entity through the soul and a spiritual one. Don't this body help him to communicate with the visible world? That's the part of man that interacts with other human beings. Right. If we continue further, we see here, this is the spiritual world. Now, at this section, we are going to distinguish two things, two types of persons. So, Ruth, can you help us read what the Bible says about the two nature of man, spiritual and natural, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. Okay. Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. Okay. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Mm -hmm. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Mm -hmm. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Yes. You have seen Paul give us a graphic picture of the natural man and the spiritual man and their natural inclination. I mean... The spiritual man is spiritually inclined, thinking about things of heaven, whereas the natural man, his senses, is driven by his senses, is driven by his senses, what he sees, what he hears, his focus is always in the natural. Mm. So, whereas the spiritual man, his focus is in the spiritual. Let's talk about the first natural man. This picture I show you identify, portrays the natural man. The natural man is the man who is not connected, is disconnected from God, as you can see. This is the realm of the spirit, the kingdom of God, where God is. This is the kingdom of God, where God is, where God dwells. But you can see there is a separation, as the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 17, if Ruth can help us. Ephesians 4, 17. Yes. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Mm -hmm. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Good. Paul said they are darkened in their spiritual understanding here. Why? Because they are separated from God. Mm. They are separated from the Holy Spirit. There is no way they can know the things of the Spirit. They can only operate in the natural through their bodies, through their thinking. Their thoughts are always towards outside, thinking about natural things. Mm. They are spiritually dull to the spiritual realm. They don't know nothing about the things of God, which cannot be known intellectually but only be discerned. That's the natural man. But that does not mean God neglects this man. There is a relationship with God, but it's one-sided. God still... Prompt his conscience, but this man has no awareness of it. Let's take the example of Saul, the first king of Israel. The Bible says God was about to anoint him as the first king. He didn't know nothing about it. Mm. God wanted to use prophet Samuel, a spiritual man, to anoint this man, to give him an ability to lead Israel under the prompting of the Spirit. So that man needs to be spiritual in order to fulfill his duties. That's why kings were anointed. But how God will bring that man from another place 
to Samuel to anoint him. So what did God did? Something happened. God used an event. The Bible says his father has donkeys and lost the donkeys. And now the father says, so go and look for my donkeys which I've lost. So I mean when God is executing his plan in the life of this natural man, God will design some events which he cannot understand. Hmm. But the hand of God is behind it. I mean God leads the blind in a way he does not know. Such for the case of Saul. In the process of going to look for the donkey, he went from place to place to place to place. And one time he said, oh, let me go back. And his servant said, no, there's a man in this town. He's a spiritual man. He's called a prophet. He's a seer. Let's go and meet him. Maybe he will help us. You can see what prompted Saul to go from one place to another. He may think he was the one taking the decision. But somebody, someone was prompting him, do this, do this. But he doesn't have any awareness. There are many talents we have in the natural. We don't know that God gives us that grace. Hmm. But we never glorify God. We think we are the one. Hmm. Sometimes somebody will be born with a talent. Instead of glorifying God, he ascribes it to him. Whether God is the one that gives you that intelligence. Hmm. God is give you ability in the natural. But if you are aware it is God, then you can praise him and thank him. Hmm. But this man never have any consciousness that it is God. So that's why there are many things that happen in our lives. If you sit down and think the track record, you will see the mercy of God in your life. That's true. Right. So this is the natural man. So separated from God, he has no consciousness of God's presence. Now let's talk about the second man, the spiritual man. As you see in this picture, the spiritual man is someone who is connected, as you can see, with God in the spirit. His spirit is immersed with the Spirit of God. This happened when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said, you need to be born again. He who joined himself with Jesus is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. His spirit is immersed into God's spirit. He's linked up with God. And this man has the ability to communicate with God in both sides. He speaks to God and hear God speaking to him clearly. That's the spiritual man. That's the example of the prophet. And prophet T.B. Joshua used to say, you should look beyond the preacher. Mm. Mr. T.B. Joshua was here. In the soul, this man, you see, Mr. T.B. Joshua is here. Mr. talking here. But prophet is here in the spirit. Mm. This man in the spirit hears from God, instruction from God, communicating with God, knowing the mind of God and the will of God in his spirit. They're called inspiration. Whatever he does, he receives intimation, suggestion from the Spirit of God to do something. He's led by the Spirit of God. He's led by the power within the Spirit of God that abides in his heart. He speaks to you in the outside, but led by the Spirit of God. So let's see an example. When Saul came and met the spiritual man somewhere, let's look in the light of God's word, how the spiritual man handled the situation with the power of foreknowledge. Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9. Okay. From verse 15. Now, the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him leader over my people Israel. He will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. Thank God. 
Check again verse 15, step by step. Now the day before Saul came. Thank you. The day before. You know Saul was looking for his donkeys. His father's donkeys that were lost. Mm. Before he reached the place where prophet Samuel was, God said to the prophet, tomorrow at this time, I am sending, take it again. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. God say, I will send you. Mm. God say, he's the one sending the man. But the man never knew God is sending him. <laughs> God can use you to do something you think you are the one, but God is guiding you. There are many things God can use you to do in your life you don't have any awareness. That's true. God in his mercy can send the spirit to guide you to do something and you don't know it is God. Many good things God is doing in your life. That's why we should not concentrate on the natural. Mm. We should not be too quick to see God in the bad light. There are many things God is doing in our life. We don't have any awareness of it. But this man, the prophet, the spiritual man, before the things happened, God revealed to him that tomorrow this man is coming. Mm. That means inspiration came before. Prophet used to say, Prophet T.B. Joshua said, things happen first in the spirit, before, before taking place in the natural. Mm. Mean inspiration come from God before you act. Intimation come, revelation come, and then you can move to mm. tomorrow. Right? So what happened the next day? Let's listen. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Take note. The next day, God can give you inspiration and revelation, right? Mm -hmm. But God never tell you when and who. The next day, when Samuel was walking, he saw the man immediately. The Holy Ghost in his heart, the Spirit of God tells him, this man you are looking here, this man is the one. So Samuel knew by divine revelation that this man is looking at, that's the one God wants to anoint mm -hmm. as king. Whereas the man himself doesn't know anything about it. But Samuel knew. When you are led by the Spirit of God, you will go to the right place. And you will not judge men on the outside. You will be led by the revelation of the Spirit of God to know whom you are dealing with. Mm. Jesus had a sense of destiny. Any place he went, he was led by the Spirit. He went to Jericho to meet Zacchaeus, who was led by the Spirit of God. He went to the Samaritan woman to meet him, led by the Spirit of God. Mm. You can see the importance when you are led by God, you will go to the right place at the right moment and be the right person in your life. Let's continue. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. Praise the Lord. Continue, mm -hmm. He will tell you tomorrow, I will tell you what is in your heart. That's prophecy. Mm. A prophet sees what is in your heart. Because only God sees the heart, God will reveal to him what is inside of you. Mm. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man. Mm. But those things God revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Let's continue. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. Take note. Immediately before Saul opened his mouth, someone told him that the donkeys that were lost have been found. God mm. revealed to him the purpose why he was wondering about. 
and God tell him the solution that the donkeys has been found. Mm. This means when God is executing his plan in your life, he designs events that will continue to unfold until his master plan in your life is revealed. Is revealed. Mm. When Peter was at the seaside trying to catch fish, God allowed this to happen. Because if Peter has caught in a fish, he would have left the seashore before mm. Jesus came. Mm-hmm. Then because he was frustrated, he can't go home. He needed to find something to find for his life, his family. So Jesus met him at the point of disappointment for a purpose by divine appointment. So when you are in the situation you are living, or you don't understand, there's need to find out God's opinion. Mm. God sometimes leads us through the circumstances of life to reveal his purpose in our life. It mm. takes a spiritual man to know God's opinion in what's happening around us. So as you can see in these two pictures, the natural man and the spiritual man led by the Spirit of God. What Jesus wants for every one of us is to be a spiritual man. That's why I said to Nicodemus, you need to be born, born again. again yeah. When we are born in the natural, our body is connected to the physical world, as you can see. But when you are born again, you are connected to the spiritual world. And the spirit of God abiding you and being your guide. Mm. Giving you inspiration and expression. That's why a spirit of man is not ruled by the senses. He looked deep inside and listened to revelation before coming to judgment concerning man. Another example we should use, 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 7. When God sent Samuel to anoint, this time, a king, not a carnal mind, but a spiritual man, King David. Let's listen. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for Mm. I have rejected him. Mm. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When the prophet came, that's the battle we all have. The battle we have always with our senses. As we see, there are the senses, sight, hearing, touch, smell, taste. When he looked at him on the outside, the man is so great, beautiful. He said, hey, this is the king. Surely this is the one that Absolutely. God has Absolutely. It happened to the prophet. It happened to all of us. Yes. But the spirit of God say, no, this is not the man I want. This one is not my chosen one. So the father Jesse brought his seven sons, starting by the elder. So he brought all of them, and one by one, God rejected all of them. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the prophet said, But is all the children you have? He said, It remained one. The shepherd boy. <laughs> the neglected one. The one that seemed to be meaningless. Mm. Some will say, we will not do anything until he come. Go and look for him. And they brought David, a rustic shepherd boy. Mm -hmm. God say, this is my chosen one. Mm. Hmm. How do you see yourself? You may be rejected. You may even have a very bad opinion about yourself. But you need to know that God does not choose as man chooses. Mm. You need to know God's opinion about yourself. God has given us the grace to see a great prophet, mm. Prophet Ibi Joshua. We know where he came from, a mm. small town, Arigidi. Mm-hmm. Mm. A man who never went to university. A man whom God used to reveal secrets of heart. A man who prophesied to the nations. A prophet of God, a man of God, a man of the spirit who changed the life of millions of people. Mm. 
So please, God never consider your past or your background to determine your future. God's beloved can come from anywhere. Thank you very much. So we have seen that two natures, the natural man, the man ruled by his senses, and the spiritual man who is connected to the spirit, led by the spirit. That's what the Bible says, walk in the spirit. Now you can see, if God commands you and me to walk in the spirit, because he has designed us by our spirit, to yield to the Holy Ghost, to be led by God, through his word, by his spirit. Mm. Interconnected like it is. Absolutely. That's the mind of God. Mm. This means the spiritual man has capacity to speak to God, and God speaks to him. The question is, how do you speak to God? Yes, and how does God speak to you? That's the question that everybody has. (laughs) 